0: Today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth.
1: Because if I'm going to do this, I'm going to fall back into my selfish ways, and my heart is going to be harder to your ways. And I personally don't want that. I don't want my heart to be hardened to the ways of the Lord. Now, hardening the heart takes place when you reject God. Look at Pharaoh, right? When he uh, was dealing with the Israelites in the land, his heart was hardened.
0: Why? Because he kept rejecting God. God not only desires your honor and respect, but he deserves and demands it. Today, Pastor Eric, through 1 Samuel 6, will help listeners hear the importance in acknowledging God's power. While it is good to recognize the Lord's power, the fruit of our actions should begin to reflect that he is guiding our every step. Well, let's join Pastor Eric for part one of his message in 1 Samuel chapter 6.
1: So tonight, as we look in our text in chapter 6, honestly, when I first read chapter 6, I was like, I'm going to probably do chapter 7 too, but God stopped me in chapter 6 because there's tons of good stuff in it. Uh, But those good stuff, uh, that good stuff is number one in verses 1 through 5, we're going to see giving God glory for His judgment. verse 6, we'll see the importance of not hardening your heart. Verses 7 through 16, nothing is by chance. In verses 17 through 21, resisting the holiness of God. Who would have known all that in 21 verses? God did. Nothing's by chance. Verse 1 of chapter 6 Now the ark of the Lord was in the country of the Philistines seven months. And the Philistines called for the priests and the diviners, saying, What shall we do with the ark of the Lord? Tell us how we should send it back, uh, send it to its place. So they said, if you send away the ark of God of Israel, do not send it empty, but by all means, return it to him with a trespass offering. Then you will be healed and it will be known to you why his hand is not removed from you. Verse four, then they said, what is the trespass offering which we uh, shall return to him? They answered, five golden tumors and five golden rats according to the number of the lords of the Philistines, for the same plague was on all of you and all your lords. Therefore, you shall make images of your tumors and images of your rats that ravage the land, and you shall give glory to the God of Israel. Perhaps he will lighten his hand from you, from your gods and from your land. So here in verse verses 1 through 5, we see giving God glory for His judgment. So the observations that we see in these first five verses is is what? First off, that the ark of the Lord was in the country of the Philistines for how long? Seven months. Now that's a long time to deal with that uncomfortableness, right? It's a long time to deal with those tumors. Why did they hold on to the ark of the Lord for that long? I don't know, maybe pride? They didn't want to give it up? But remember they viewed it as a victory trophy for them. But the Philistines came to the realization that the Ark was not a trophy. It was more of a, what, burden for them. So they go and they ask their priests and their uh, false prophets, or their prophets, I call them false prophets, what they should do with the Ark of the Lord. What should we do with this thing? Right? And and so they wanted to know, how do we send it back? Send it back to where we got it, and so these guys, these priests, and these prophets were smart enough to say, "Hey, you, you can send it back to God or to the Israelites, but make sure you send with it a trespass offering, knowing that they had uh, offended God, even though they didn't believe in God. They knew that they knew they had the smarts to know that they they offended Him. So hey, you know, nothing says I'm sorry like five golden tumors and five rats." But the point of this offering, you guys, was to acknowledge God. To acknowledge God saying, we know that this plague has come from you. We understand that it's all from you, the God of Israel. We want to make sure we know that you, you know that we know that you did this to us. And so the thought process was like, hey, if we glorify God, maybe he will lighten his hand from us and our land and our gods. Now, remember, you guys, these are pagan people. Pagan meaning they did not believe in the living God, okay? But they had the knowledge to glorify God in his judgments. When it comes to God's judgment, correction, discipline in one's life, it is easy to blow past those things. You don't want to talk about them, right? And not many people want to talk about when judgment has come upon them. I mean, how many of you, when you've been corrected at work, or wherever, or if there was a judgment against you, you're coming out, and you're like all happy, like, yeah! Like this guy, right? Now, usually we, we, we want to swoop that under the rug. We don't want to talk about that, right? We don't want to talk about God's judgment. No one likes to receive correction. Here's the thing, though, you guys. Peter tells us in 1 Peter four eleven, if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. That, here's the thing, okay? This is the focus point. That in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So the kicker in the verse is in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Well, all things would include judgment, wouldn't it? And correction. That we want to have God glorified in those times where he brings correction and judgment. And so we share often, and it's really easy to share, it's really easy to share when you're blessed. When there's blessings going on in your life, you're like, I'm all about telling you, hey man, God blessed me today, right? Lord did this in my life and it was awesome. But we don't talk about when he corrects us or when his judgment falls upon us or uh, the people or the nation that we live in. We don't want to talk about those things. We, we'd rather just keep those like, oh, man, keep them to ourselves and just move forward. But God needs to be glorified in all things. And so why should we glorify God for his judgment? Well, giving God glory, meaning you're giving him honor and you're giving him respect. That's what honor is. It's respect. It's, it's lifting up and knowing that he is God, that, that honor Right, And we want to give God his honor and respect for his judgment because that shows what? You acknowledge him as God. You know, just like the Philistines, right? They knew that these tumors were from who? God. And they acknowledged that. They were like, okay, we are going to acknowledge that you are God. In a sense, what are they doing? They're humbling themselves before God. They're repenting of taking the Ark of the Covenant because they know that they took the Ark of the, of the Covenant of the Lord. And because of that, God brought judgment upon them. And so now they are coming before God and saying, okay, here's our trespass offering. We realize that you have done this. And so yeah, we're sorry. So glorifying God in his judgment is also like showing a heart of repentance. See, the thing is is that God still brings judgment today. And He brings judgment on a national level, but He also does it in an individual level. And His his judgment, His correction, comes, though, when a nation or a person operates in a sinful lifestyle. And so judgment comes when man drifts away from God, and that's exactly what the Philistines were doing. They they, they took something that, that represented the Lord And they took it and put it before a false god. I mean, how far can you drift from God? And and so God corrected them. But the Philistines had a heart to understand that, hey, we need to uh, get rid of this and get right. Amazing. So in times of judgment, may our hearts be like the hearts of the Philistines. Bet you wouldn't even realize and think about that in church, huh? Have a heart like the Philistines. What do you mean? Well, recognize and give God glory in the times of correction in your life. Acknowledge the Almighty God. Acknowledge Him for everything that He is doing, even in the times of judgment or discipline. Proverbs 3 tells us this, verse 6, a very popular verse in the Bible, but just really think about it. Let it soak into your brains And then also the depths of your heart, because that's where it's going to really register, right? Because in your brains, you might not remember 10 minutes ago. But it says, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. How often do we acknowledge him in all your ways? I don't know. I know that I don't do it all the time. But if you're like me, you know, I'm thinking throughout my day, what path should I go? Well, a lot of times I'm acknowledging my thoughts. But here in the Proverbs, God is telling us to acknowledge Him, and He will direct our paths. So if our mind's fixed upon Him, and acknowledging Him in everything, even in the times of good, blessings, correction, all the time, that God will guide us in the path that He wants us to walk. A brilliant concept, you know, but a concept that takes uh, an intentional effort to do. You have to you have to intentionally acknowledge Him in everything you do. Moving on to verse six. So here, the the, the priests and the uh, the diviners are saying, "Hey, <laughs> cast." your tumors into gold and you, know, and, you know, give those back to God. I mean, they didn't have it right, but hey, bless the effort, right? But here we go. It says this in verse 6. He goes, this is the priests and the diviner still speaking to the people, to the Philistines. Why then do you harden your hearts as the Egyptians and Pharaoh hardened their hearts when he did mighty things among them and did they not let the people go? That they may depart. Now, I'm going to stop there because that verse just kept on popping out to me throughout the week is why then do you harden your hearts? Because this shouldn't even be something that they should be questioning if they should do or not. He says, uh, the, the priests, these guys are actually sounding pretty smart. They're saying, why are you hardening your hearts? You need to, to get rid of this. You need to acknowledge God, right? Don't harden your hearts like Pharaoh. Learn from the Egyptians, learn from those guys. Now, these guys, the Philistines, must have known, and they did know, what God did to the Egyptians. Because remember back in 1 Samuel chapter 4, verse 8, when the Ark of the Covenant came into the, uh, the camp of Israel, they said, this is the Philistines, Woe to us! Who will deliver us from the hand of the mighty gods? These are the gods who, who struck the Egyptians with all the plagues in the wilderness. They were not dummies. They knew their history. They knew what God was doing with the Israelites. And so here these guys are advising the Philistines, don't harden your hearts, okay? Don't think that you can overcome this God because learn from what happened to the Egyptians. What happened to the Egyptians? Man, they got got waxed, man. They got beat up, destroyed. Man, they got hammered with the plagues. The firstborn... Animals and humans killed. God wasn't messing around. So here is what they instruct the people, don't blow off God. Don't blow him off. He's serious, you know? So following Proverbs 3:6, as it says, in all your ways to acknowledge Him, it's not easy, as I mentioned, we can get caught up in our ways. And the thing is, is like when I'm caught up in my ways, I'm not intentionally trying to blow off God. I'm not thinking about, like, oh, today I'm going to blow off God, you know, in his ways. I'm not thinking that way, but it's like my flesh naturally goes that way to where I'm like concerned with my ways so much that my heart then is becoming harder and harder to the ways of God because I'm so focused on myself, you know? But I'm not trying to blow off God. Can you guys relate to me in this area? We're not trying to blow off God, but when we're not constantly fixing our eyes upon Him and acknowledging Him in all our ways, then our heart is naturally, by the flesh, growing harder and harder to the ways of the Lord. Because we're, we're caught up in our ways. And my flesh, I don't know about your flesh, but my flesh comes on so strong... And it often controls the situation. But that's where we need to constantly humble ourselves and submit ourselves before the throne of Jesus and say, we need more of you in our lives. We need you. Because if I'm going to do this, I'm going to fall back into my selfish ways. And my heart is going to be harder to your ways. And I personally don't want that. I don't want my heart to be hardened to the ways of the Lord. Now, hardening the heart takes place when you reject God. Look at Pharaoh, right? When he uh, was dealing with the Israelites in the land, his heart was hardened. Why? Because he kept rejecting God. God sent Moses, and Moses said, let the people go. And he said, no, I'm not doing it. And so as more as he said no to God, what happened to the heart? Stone. Now, it says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Well, God hardened his heart because he already knew the decisions that Pharaoh was going to make. Now, that's mind-blowing, and we don't have time to go deep, deep, deep into that whole hardening thing. Because here's the point, though. God knows the beginning and the end. He knows your, your life before you were even formed in your mother's womb. So he already knows the condition of the heart. But here's the thing, man does not know the condition of the heart, okay? And so where there's people that say, what's the point of witnessing? Because maybe their heart is hardened by God. You don't know that. It is our job to what? Present the gospel. It is up to us to continue to share the good news. Leave the heart to God. And let God figure that out. Because he already has figured it out. And the crazy thing is, is guys, is, which is mind-blowing, is before you were even formed, you already knew all your choices. That's crazy. Man, we could go out and drink coffee all night and talk about that, right? But we got to move on. Okay? So here we go. We, we, we know that hardening of the heart is when you reject God. And so the Philistines were at a crossroads, either to reject God and what, he's, what he has shown them, or continue on the path of what the priest said and say, you know what, we're going to acknowledge God in this. So they were at this crossroads, and the advice was to acknowledge God. Do not be like the Egyptians, okay? Having a hard heart is a bad thing. It's a bad place to be, okay? And if you have a hard heart tonight, tonight is the night to break up that hardness, By the grace of God, by His grace and His long-suffering, He allows us those opportunities to let the heart be crumpled and formed back into a a moldable heart by His living water, the Holy Spirit. And so if we want that, if if our heart is hardened right now, if we've just been so caught up in ourselves that our heart has been just naturally rejecting God because we're so focused on self, well, then if you're tired of that tonight, then just cry out to God, and he will send his spirit, the living water, and soften that heart. Praise God for that. May it be like what Hosea spoke about in Hosea ten twelve. This is the New Living Translation, but I love the way that this is written. It says, I said, plant the good seeds of righteousness, and you will harvest a crop of love. Plow up the hard ground of your hearts. For now is the time to seek the Lord, that he may come and shower righteousness upon you. Man, what an awesome thing. You know, those good seeds of righteousness is God himself. Planting the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit within you will produce a crop of love. That seed of planting God in there, in the heart, and it's going to produce a crop of love. Man, a crop of love. So we need to plow up, just as Hosea said, plow up the hard ground of your heart. Well, how do you do that? Well, it involves going to Jesus. And I I was thinking of how Jesus said, you know, come to me, everyone who is heavy laden, everyone who is heavy burdened, come to me. Yoke up with me and I will give you rest." Meaning what? If you want to break up the hard ground of your heart, you need to come to Jesus, link up with him, and then he's going to drive this sleigh of the plow, and he's going to break up this hard ground. And guess what you get to do? You're just along for the ride. It's like going to Disneyland, right? And it's just like you're on this great ride, but this great ride is with Christ. And He is, and you're looking back as he's doing the work. You're part of it, the work, but it's him doing the work. And you look back, and you're like, holy smokes, that hard ground. You know how long I try to break that stuff up by myself? Now is the time to seek the Lord. You know, the cool thing about seeking the Lord is this. In Jeremiah 29, 13, it says, And you seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. So if you want to find Christ, all you got to is look. And you give it your heart. You give it your all. Everything that is about you, I'm giving it to you, Christ. I'm seeking you because I need to see you. Because my heart is just hard right now, and I'm tired of that. And so I just need to come to you, and and I'm going to seek you. And he is going to be found by you, because you have sought him with all your heart. Don't harden the heart, is the advice given to the Philistines. And it's a great advice to us tonight, not to harden our heart to God. Now we're going to see that there's nothing by chance in verses 7 through 16. Now, therefore... Make a new cart, this is still the priest talking to the people, right? Now therefore, make a new cart, take two milking cows, which have never been yoked, and hitch the cows to the cart, and take their calves home, away from them. Then take the ark of the Lord, and set it on the cart, and put the articles of gold, which you are returning to him as a trespass offering, in the chest by its side. Then send it away, and let it go." Verse 9, And watch, if it goes up to the road to its own territory, to Beth Shemesh, then he, meaning God, has done us this great evil. But if not, then we shall know that it is not his hand that struck us. It happened to us by chance. Verse 10, Then the men did so. They took the two milk cows and hitched them to the cart and shut up their calves at home. And they set the ark of the Lord on the cart... And the chest with their gold rats and the images of their tumors. <laughs> then the cows headed straight for the road to Beth Shemesh and went along the highway, lowing as they went, and did not turn aside to the right hand or the left. And the lords of the Philistines went after them to the border of Beth Shemesh. Of course they did. Then the people of Beth Shemesh were reaping their wheat harvest in the valley, and they lifted their eyes and saw the ark and rejoiced to see it. Then the cart came into the field of Joshua of Beth Shemesh and stood there. A large stone was there, so they split the wood of the cart and offered the cows as a burnt offering to the Lord. The Levites took down the ark of the Lord and the chest that was with it, in which were the articles of gold, and put them in a large stone. Then the men of Beth Shemesh offered burnt offerings and made sacrifices the same day to the Lord. So when the five lords of the Philistines had seen it, They returned to Ekron the same day. So here in this section, we see nothing is by chance. So the priest just got done telling the the, the people, don't harden your hearts. What you need to do is find two milk cows, milking cows, and pull their their young away from them and yoke them up because they still had a little bit of doubt that this plague was from God. And so we're going to test God, okay? And so we're going to take milking cows that aren't usually supposed to be yoked together— that have never been yoked together. We're going to put a yoke on them, take their young, because the mom is naturally going to want to go to her young, okay? Then we're going to put the Ark of the Covenant on the carts. Now, by the way, God was very specific to the Israelites not to put the Ark of the Covenant on a cart. It was supposed to have poles in it to lift it. But the Philistines, they were uh, not aware of this, so God had mercy on them, okay? He allowed them to put it on this cart. And he says, you know what? no driver and we're going to see this thing go and if it goes up to its own territory then we know it's of god but if it goes off then we know it's not of god
0: there's so much more pastor eric would like to share with you but we've run out of time for today This has been another edition of Grace to the Hearers, the radio ministry of Pastor Eric Kluth of Calvary Chapel Coolidge in Coolidge, Arizona. Pastor Eric will continue teaching verse by verse through the book of First Samuel next time. You can order today's message for free by emailing us at info at com. Sometimes it's just easier to call. Our phone number is 520-723-7047. We'll be happy to help you. Again, that number to call is 520-723-7047. You can learn more about Grace to the Hearers, Calvary Chapel Coolidge, and Pastor Eric at our website grace to the all of pastor eric's messages through the bible are available to listen to or download for free at grace to the perhaps god spoke to you clearly through this message in first samuel and you need to review this message again this message and many others are available to listen to or download for free at grace to the we'd also like to encourage you to subscribe to the grace to the hearers podcast subscribing is easy log on to grace to the and follow the link or simply search for Grace to the Hearers on the iTunes store. From all of the production team here at Grace to the Hearers, we want to say thank you for tuning in, and please make plans to join us again for the next edition of Grace to the Hearers.